0: Welcome to Let's Talk Love. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Kelsey Grant. Kelsey is a love mentor and host of the Embodied Love podcast. Kelsey is also an extremely talented songwriter that teaches and sings about the art of embodied love and relational mastery. Today we talk about how to live an embodied life. What does that mean and how do we do this? By living embodied, We are able to relate with our whole selves. Kelsey and I talk about dating intentionally and the importance of slowing down, being discerning, and breaking fantasy relationship patterns. She also gives us powerful tools for self-care before dating at the end of our conversation. So stay tuned. I hope our talk today offers you ways to improve your way of being in the world and in greater service to others. Enjoy. Welcome to Let's Talk Love, the podcast that brings you real talk, fresh ideas, and expert insights every week. Our guests are the most trusted voices in love and relationships, and they're here for you with tools, information, and friendly advice to help you expand the ways you love, relate, and communicate. We tackle the big questions, not shying away from the complex, the messy, the awkward, and the joyful parts of relationships. I'm your host, Robin Ducharme. Now, let's talk love. Hello, our beautiful Real Love Ready community, and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Love. I'm so excited about this. I've got some, we have um, time with a woman that... I, I, I consider you one of my friends, Kelsey. I know we haven't hung out in person.
1: But <laughs> we will, we will, we will.
0: I really, I really do love you. I feel like you're one of my soul sisters. Mm. And um, so everybody, please welcome Kelsey Grant to Let's Talk Love. Oh, thank, you <laughs> welcome, yeah, thank you for having me. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. It's so such great. an honor. And just, um, I really, I admire the work you're doing. You're mm-hmm. speaking truth. And I'm just so excited to talk about everything that you are doing as a change maker in this world and with your community you are a love mentor which I want to learn more about and your podcast is called the embodied love podcast so this and this is something that we are I think there's this collective consciousness going on more about becoming embodied mm-hmm. um, the practices is around somatic therapy and somatic healing getting into your body the wisdom of your body and how important that is. Yeah. I'm I actually I have to say I'm not an expert in this at all. I am starting. I'm like, you know, I'm learning more and more about it. I understand the concepts and now it's like I need to start living it. So I'm excited mm. to talk to you today. Thank hey, you for being me
1: with us. Me too. Me too. I'm very excited.
0: So please let's start off by talking about how you what it is to be a love mentor and how you became a love mentor and how that guides your work. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: So 14 years ago is when I started my practice and I opened my first coaching practice 14 years ago. And wow. it's it's taken on so many different versions and iterations, which makes sense because as I'm growing, shifting, evolving, and changing, so are the things that I'm teaching and so are the containers that I am teaching in. So...
0: Mm-hmm
1: you know, it didn't start as a love mentor. I just started as life coach. And then I started to track that every issue that we were kind of up against in any session was relational. Either it was rooted in the relationship to self or the relationships to other people or the relationship to the world around you. But either way, like whatever way we sliced and diced, we were dealing with a relational issue. And so that's when I kind of made the pivot into, you know, speaking more to the relationship with self, the relationships with other people and how to have the most harmonious unions you can have while still being fully, wholly human. Because a lot of these teachings, you know, are these aspirational things of like, you know, essentially like eradicating our humanity. And like becoming these perfect beings that never make mistakes and never fumble and where things don't get ugly, like that's just not real life, like at least on planet earth. (laughs) And so my whole philosophy being a love mentor is, you know, how do we weave love through every single cell of your body? How do we weave through Love in your behavior towards other people, your behavior towards yourself, so that you can learn to love and be loved really well. And in order to do that, you have to be in right relationship with your human. And to be in right relationship with the human means you have to bring the body and the embodiment along for the ride. We can't just like keep going up into our heads and like understanding these things mentally and intellectually. But then when it comes to practice, we fumble and like we don't get anywhere near the result that we're looking for because we're not willing to get dirty and messy and get down in in the muck and the dirt of the actual human practice. And so that is what my whole body of work is about is like getting down into the dirt and learning how to be wholly human, like being in your full whole human and having approval for mm-hmm. that. And then because, you know, you're rooted in yourself <laughs> and in your human, that makes relating much more honest. I don't want to say that it it makes it perfect without its hiccups or challenges because that's always going to be the case. But it really makes relating more honest and the relationships that you have when you're deeply rooted and embodied are ones that enrich your life and enrich the reason that you are here and help support and move forward the work that you're here to do in the world, the message that you have, the unique you know, thread that you're here to weave into the tapestry of humanity. Like, it is so much easier to do what you came here to do when you are not at war with your body when you were not at war with your human and you know how to masterfully relate to other humans and their human body and all of their conditioning. And like, it's, it's a practice. Like my work is getting on the mat and we're going to get messy. We're going to practice. And the more practice you do, the more masterful you become. And so, I mean, that's kind of the Cole's notes of where we go together in my work.
0: And so, when you say getting on the mat, are you talking like literally about being, like, are you working one on one, face to face with clients? Is this you? You must do virtual work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking about being a, on a yoga mat, or like talking about being on? Or are you talking? Like, tell me, what both, does that mean?
1: Both, like, it's both okay.
0: the literal mat That's just practices. and practices. Yeah, yep. and the metaphorical mat. Like, I teach
1: a practice called Embodied Alchemy, which was something that I designed over the pandemic. And it is this very alchemical embodiment journey that is designed to heat up your system. So like all those places where it's sludgy or all those places where it's really tight and like the energy isn't flowing in your system. So you have a block somewhere. We start to slowly Mm -hmm. heat those up and soften them so that they're more supple and you can move with them more masterfully. So then it helps to be able to clear what needs to be cleared open into whatever needs to be opened into, allow and receive what is there for you to allow and receive. And we work through different energy signatures and we work through different archetypes. So it's this really beautiful curated journey where, you know, it feels quite shamanic in nature and in terms of like, you are going to go through a process. You are going to be taken on a journey and then we are going to land you after the 45 minutes and you're going to integrate what you've just journeyed and and experienced. And you know, if I have 25 women in a room, they are all going to have a different experience of that journey. And they're all going to get something something totally different out of it. And you know, the the women who are devoted to the embodiment alchemical practice, are the ones that see the most powerful results in their lives, in their relationships, because they're cleaning the energetic pipes. They're cleaning the emotional pipes. And if we yes. don't clean those I pipes... I love
0: that. I love that analogy. <laughs>
1: yeah. really. You know, it's, it's like you have a drain and it's clogged with all this muck and hair and like soap debris, and you're wondering why your bathtub is flooding you know, and that's the same in relationships. Like if you have like this area where there's this big block in your relationship and you just keep trying to force it, all you're doing is creating more of a mess in your relationship. But if you can clear the pipe, then the energy can flow freely and we can get to the truth. Of what actually needs to be addressed instead of our egoic reactions, instead of our egoic interpretations, um, the assumptions that we're making, like they must've meant this when they said this, instead of just being like, you said this, is this what you meant? (laughs) Like when your pipes are clean and clear, you're able to be more direct. You're able to be more connected. And that's kind of the, the magic duo there is being able to be direct but also connected because people can be direct and really harsh and that's you know they're disconnected from their heart and that's going to cause relational fallout so we have to have that connection and the directness to kind of make any sort of progress
0: yeah so your embodied alchemy Mm -hmm. Is relational alchemy the same thing, Kelsey? It's relational relational, embodied alchemy?
1: Yeah, the relational alchemy is like the overarching kind of energetic of what we get up to. So we're up to relational mastery in my work. And so we're either going to be working on the emotional alchemy side of things, or we're working on, you know, the body and the energetics, which is the embodied alchemy piece. And then we have the relational alchemy, which are the skills, like the actual relational skills that you need to have in your tool belt, in your toolbox, in order to effectively relate, not just romantically, but just relate in the world. So we take a multi-pronged approach with my work because it's not just the emotional world. It's not just the embodiment and the spiritual connection. It's not just the relational skills it's the combination of those three worlds together that create this beautiful environment for not only you to thrive in but anyone that you are in relationship with and then it allows like these beautiful miracles and you know spontaneous eruptions of you know the truth of the work that you're supposed to do in the world your purpose you know what you are here to give to the world can really blossom in that environment So that's why we, I
0: really love how that, how that is such a big focus in your work. It's not about just, you know, um, figuring out how to meet your next partner. And when that happens, you know, life's going to be just so much better, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so much more about your, our individual paths as well as the collective Mm -hmm. and figuring out, um, how we can make the greatest impact in our own Mm -hmm. little corner of the world. Mm -hmm. I really, I think that's so important. It doesn't have to be this big thing. I mean, it's just, I think we can all make such a big change yeah. for the better in people's lives. 100%. So you, you've got four ways that you, um, four, I guess, would you call them tenets that you're yeah. actually helping people focus on within themselves? And I wanted to ask about those, okay. um, cause I've listened to your podcast and following you and you say, um, there's four, there's love, truth, magic, and feminine. Mm-hmm. So how do you break those down, and like, so, and how would you describe those? So tell me about those four things and yeah. how they are part of the relational alchemy. Okay. So those are the the
1: energies that my life is in service to. So
0: everything okay. that oh, I yes. do okay. is
1: in service to those energetics. And so everything that I create in my programs is in service to love. It's in service to magic. It's in service to union. It's in service to the feminine. And when I say the feminine, it's more like the balancing of these two internal aspects, because we live in a very busy, chaotic, masculine, energetic, driven world. And this particular world that we exist in in North America doesn't really have the same degree of approval for the feminine energetic, which would be the internal, the mystery, Mm. the mess, (laughs) slowing down, um, rest. Like all of these energetics are kind of the feminine side of things. And then the masculine is the forward movement, the initiation, the, you know, logical linear movement forward. And that is important. We need those aspects, but we, also need the feminine aspect so that we stay balanced. And if yes. we aren't balanced internally, then that can create a lot of problems out in the world. Like we Definitely. see the impact of being so imbalanced with the masculine and feminine principles, just in what's happening in the world. Like there's total chaos, <laughs> you know, because we I have-, have this, this drive of like, we have to keep producing, we have to keep creating. And at the cost of other people, the cost of other people's humanity, we need to get ahead. We need to be the best. We need to, you know, be the number one person in the whole universe. And then we forget about the collective and the feminine is that more collective connected, energetic, but also gives us permission to be messy, to not have it figured out to sit in the unknown. Like so many people have such an aversion to sitting in the unknown. They need to
0: know, like, I need to know the next step. That's and- for sure. And if you don't know <laughs> yeah. the answer, it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's ruminating. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. if you don't know what to do, do nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have a hard time with that. Totally. If and so- right. If you can't make a decision, just don't make one right now. It's Absolutely, like need, and that's so. It's hard like to be in that place, but it's so necessary. In that discomfort, yeah, sit in it, move with it. And yeah.
1: in my body of work, like we weave that mystery in, so it's more like the the feminine mm. energetic is playing with the mystery. And so, when you come into one of my containers, we pace it in a very different way. It's not like a program where here is your start date, here is your end date. Mm. You come in and you learn how to move at your truest pace. So you move through the modules Mm. according to your own inner compass. And when you actually get the lesson and it is fully landed in your system, that's when you move to the next module. And so everybody has a different experience in the container because they're all in different spots. And someone might spend six months on one module before it really unwinds in their system and really lands. And then another person might go through that module in in a month. And who am I to tell you how fast or slow (laughs) it is true for you to go through? And because we aren't really given that um, permission out in the world, but we also, it hasn't been modeled in the world of how to find your own pace. Like when you live in a very high paced world, like you have to override your true pace all the time just to survive. And so this mm. is a coming, it's like, it's like a homecoming to get back into right relationship with your body. You have to be able to move at the pace that's true for you, at least in one oh. area of your life. <laughs> You've yes, got to really be able like to that. to play with that. So I just, I weave those energetics in. Um, the magic is, you know, the piece of, you know, when you start to see things like when you break your fantasy spells, and we do a lot of fantasy work in my work because you can't have powerful relationships if you're not in reality. And so much of relating. Wow, that we've isn't been that taught, isn't
0: that that's a really important one? That's yeah. a really important one because I do want to yeah. talk about dating, Kelsey. Yeah. So that like breaking the fantasy spells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you give us that's... an example of some of those that you would want to break? Obviously, you know, I think just the fairy tales. Yeah. Of, you know, you're going to meet your perfect person and
1: (laughs) they're going to save
0: you from ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that's the biggest one is like, when I find love, my life will be perfect and I will never have to experience pain again. So they're going to come in and save me from myself. And then when you get into Mm -hmm. a relationship, there's a rude awakening because that does not happen. Even in the most aligned relationships, that is not your partner's job. It is not their job to save you, because if you're expecting them to save you, we're playing out this parent-child thing. We're not actually relating as partners. We're not relating as two embodied adults, and only two embodied adults can co-create a truly magnificent relationship that's in service to love, that's in service to truth, that's in service to whatever it is that those two people are in service to with their union. And Mm. in order to even get into that domain, we have to be willing to get so sober about our fantasy patterns because this is the Mm. one spot where even like with dating, you pick a partner. If you're picking a partner based on your type, you're picking a partner based on fantasy patterns because your type is basically these certain attributes that you've attributed that you think will help get you a certain feeling or a certain experience and picking a partner that way. Well, you'll learn that that's not an effective strategy, you know, because it it doesn't like just because someone has a certain color hair or certain color eyes or a certain body type does not mean anything about their relational capabilities. And their ability to actually dance in that emotional world with you, dance in that relational world with you. It tells you nothing about their ability to deal with conflict and how to repair after conflict. It tells you nothing. And, you know, if you want to pick a partner based on their bank account or their social status or how their face and body looks, then you can do that. But it's, that's a whole different world of relating than the relating that I teach. And, I you know, and everyone has their path here. And if that's what you're here to experience this time, like,
0: cool, like live your life, have the best time. And if yeah. you're here, for... <laughs> <laughs> that's not the work. That's no, right. So, no. so tell me if you are, you know, I, I, I imagine a, a most of your um, clients that you're working with, your community are looking for a love filled, soulful relationship. Yeah but they're likely going at it the wrong way and ending up with the same result. Mm-hmm. So how are, and I understand, um, you know, debunking and just releasing these fantasy patterns and these fantasy beliefs. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's definitely very integral. So what about, what other things are you helping clients realize when they are in the dating world, mm. when they're showing up? Like how, how are you priming them to show up in the right way? To be like, okay, in your power, and I'm here, because, you know, the way I see it, it's like, I think we are so, yeah, you teach this too, right? It's like, we're looking outwards. We're looking Mm -hmm. for that person to show up and be like, like me, and and how am I, and how are they perceiving me? And it's Mm -hmm. so much about the other person, that it is about you going in with like, a very different energy of like, I'm here to discern if you might be a good, if you're a good fit for me and my Mm -hmm. life. Mm Mm-hmm. Completely different. You have to flip the script, flip the whole narrative, right? Yeah, the whole
1: narrative. And that's a huge part. Like I have an embodied dating path that I teach. And so the first tenant Mm -hmm. of that is are you in your body when you are dating? Because most people are so so how do
0: you make sure of that? How do you how how is somebody gonna make sure they're in their body when they're dating?
1: Yeah. So we practice in other areas of our life. Like it's like if you wanna be a chef. But you never go into the kitchen to practice. And then you throw yourself Mm. into a competition where it's like like America's next best chef or Canada's best next chef. And then you've you've never even held a knife before. And you you don't know what any of the tools are. You don't know how to turn on the stove. Like you don't know how to turn and use a Vitamix. Like you're not going to do well (laughs) in that competition. And so, in order to really nail that competition, you would need to be practicing cooking and your cooking skills, your chopping skills, your recipe building skills, learning from other people. You'd have to be doing that in your day to day. And the same is true when we go into dating. Like dating is like that high stakes, you know, competition. And if we Mm -hmm. haven't been practicing our embodiment, prior to the high stakes moment you are going to pop out of your body you will not have trained your body and your nervous system to stay regulated so that's why we well, Kelsey, work on what these... does
0: it mean to pop out of your body so like i, I guess of... i really need to understand this too because yeah, i'm gonna yeah, start yeah.
1: practicing and see when yeah. i'm popping out So (laughs) popping out of the body is like when you're literally living from the neck up and you're super buzzy in your mind, like you're overthinking everything, you're over like that external orientation you were talking about. That's where we're at. If we're in that external orientation, we are in our head and chances are you can't feel your feet. Chances are if I asked you like what's going on in your gut right now, you'd be like, I don't know. Because when we're in our head... Like we aren't actually landed in the body, but if I'm landed in my body, I can feel the ground beneath my feet. I can feel like the couch beneath my, my legs and my butt and my back.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I can
1: feel that I can feel what's happening in my belly as I'm sitting here and like I can feel my core muscles holding me up. I can feel like the expansion in my chest. I can feel the heat on my face cause it's a hot day and it's getting hotter <laughs> in my apartment. Like I can feel all of those things while still being here with you. And okay. that is, that is a practice. Like it, it it's not yes. something that you know, it's just going to you turn on a light switch and then it's just magically there for you. We just have to practice this throughout the day. So if you want to be more embodied in your dating practice, just practice being more present in your life. And when you walk through the street, like, are you really present to how your feet feel in your shoes as you're walking, as you're yeah. listening to your podcast, as you're seeing like the, the sun and the birds and the flowers can you be present and available to it all? And it's much easier to stay in your body when you have cleaned the energetic pipes. So the women in my containers, I suggest that they do an alchemical embodiment journey once a week. Because that will help clear the pipes and it helps them stay landed. You know, and then the ones that don't, you can see. Like, they're like, they come to a call and they're so
0: like, all the time.
1: Wow. And I'm like, okay, you haven't, you haven't landed in your body. Like, can you take a breath and like, just feel the ground beneath your feet? Can we get still for a second? You know, it's, okay. it's, a, so
0: it's how? A how have, yes, I, I, so valuable. So tell me about experiences that you've had or that you mm-hmm. can relay from some of your clients you've worked with, how the difference would be showing yeah. up dating, you're not embodied, Mm-hmm. versus you're embodied. And mm-hmm. does that, you know, because I imagine, like what I think about when you say that is like your gut. You could sit down with somebody, everything's appearing great, mm-hmm. but there's something in you, inside of you that's going, uh-uh, this doesn't feel right. Right? right. Like appearances are one thing, and then it's mm-hmm. how you are actually, if you're very um, aware and clear, You're like you can you can tell a lot from how your body is feeling about that person, hundred percent.
1: And so when we're disembodied, we can't feel that signal, or we gaslight ourselves about that signal. We're like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. That's nothing. Like I, I had some weird fish for lunch. That must be it. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of like, wait, this might be a signal of misalignment here, and just because you're misaligned doesn't mean that that person is bad or that they did something bad or they did something wrong. And like, that's where we have to kind of mature our position on relationships and mature emotionally to be able to understand that just because someone is not for you and not aligned for you doesn't make them a bad human. It just means that they're not for you and you're Mm -hmm. not for them. So let's not force something that isn't true. But in order to find that thread of truth, you've got to be listening to the signals of your body. And, you know, when you go in from a more embodied place, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, we are dating from the position of I'm sussing them out just as much as they're sussing me out. I'm going in to see like, do I like this person enough to see them again? Do I like them enough to co-create a relationship with them down the line. Like if they were to change nothing about who they are today, would that, that, that'd be great for me or do I need them to would become you be, a, that is, a different that person? Is,
0: that's right. Right. Which is
1: the fantasy pattern. Right. And so yes. to be embodied just means that you're dating in reality.
0: <laughs> you're not dating. You are this... dating and you are, you're taking every, that person at face value. Yeah. I yeah, think that is watching. just because we, it, Yes.
1: You know, and yeah, and people who want to like fast track it, I call this the Ferrari pacing, where it's like pedal to the metal, oh, like yeah. well, let's get to the destination, which is the relationship. So they like fast track everything and they're missing this very crucial vetting phase where you're actually seeing if the person's aligned and then you race to the relationship and then you kind of like, Ugh. you like let the truth of yourself like emerge. And then the other person is like, uh, what is this? Or maybe they do that to you and they, they like take off the mask and you're like,
0: right. What is this? I didn't see that. Well, because you didn't take the time, right? What do you coach people on when it comes to timing? Because I, I I fully agree with this and I think it's this, the smartest, most safest way (laughs) Mm-hmm. If you are looking for a long-term partnership, then you need to be taking a heck of a lot of time. What is the hurry? Yeah. It is That's very yeah. conditional for so many mm-hmm. of us. Is like rushing. Yeah. But how important it is to get to know somebody and how long that takes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And for everyone, it'll be different. You know, like I was saying in my containers, everyone kind of finds their true pace. And if you found your true pace, you're going to be able to true pace it in the dating phase. There won't be a rush because you're like, Oh, I understand that like, I have reverence for my relationships and I understand what a significant choice a partner is because they are literally going to influence all areas of my life. And if I do not choose well, that could be a dumpster fire for me. So I'm bringing reverence to this process meaning I'm going to make sure that I go slow enough that I can experience this person fully and know that it actually is an aligned match for me and for them to go as slow as they need to go to know that I'm aligned for them because I do not want to end up in a relationship with someone who is mismatched for me. And then my work in the world suffers. Like that has been a pattern of mine where I choose men, you know, and I, I got better, you know, in the last 10 years of going slower, but there was still a lot of those fantasy patterns running of like, Ooh, I could like mold and shape him into the person that I want him to be. I could see his potential and I just wanted to like speak and breathe life into it. So I would extract my own life force to serve his. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: when he got like all full and like fully exalted, he'd be like, Oh, yeah, I got what I need from you. Bye. And then oh, off boy. to the next relationship he goes. And right. then I'm, like, crushed.
0: You're feeling completely drained because you yeah. you gave so Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it was a disservice to my life's work. Like, when I run that pattern, I can't actually maintain the things that I'm here to do. And I know we talked a lot about my... Relational work, but I also am a songwriter. And that is always the spot that I keep a pulse on. Like if music goes out the window, they aren't the one for me. Because if I can't remain devoted to music and that channel of songwriting is not open and flowing, then that person is not in service to my greatest expansion in the world. Therefore, I do not want him as a partner. And so it's taken time to like really get that distilled down and get that sober and that embodied in my process that I'm willing to go slow. I'm willing to like essentially delay being in a relationship to make sure that I'm making the most reverent choice for my soul, the most reverent choice for my human and really respect the things that I am here to bring and weave into the world. And if I choose a partner who I cannot shine with, they're not my person. And that doesn't make them a bad person. It just means nope. the way that our energies collide is not in service to the, the truest thing possible.
0: And that's right.
1: You know, to let them go and to let me go is actually the thing that's in service to love. And like, until we get right with grief and we get right with endings and we get right with being alone, we'll always be choosing a partner to try and compensate for, you know, those feelings that we don't want to feel, those things that we don't want to experience. And like, that's just another fantasy pattern that is just quite common.
0: And you do talk about that a lot. And your is your code, the codes of codependency Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. understanding those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many people that are in relationships that are codependent and they don't really mm-hmm. know it, mm-hmm. but it's like they, mm-hmm. and, and so what does it, and you know, I, I also wanted to ask you, so that's, that's one thing I did want to talk about is, is yeah. how that, how that shows up and how you would recognize that this is not, you know, you're not, you're, this is not an equal partnership. Like there's some codependency mm-hmm. going on that's not serving either of you.
1: I think the, if you were to just like use this one kind of diagnostic tool, you'd probably be pretty solid. Can you tell the truth with this person? And can you tell them the truth on every, like every single layer and level that truth is required?
0: Yes. And that means like, being... Yeah, that's so... It's simple. It's not simple. Not easy, but simple. a so simple. gauge. <laughs> yeah. And like, can
1: you ask, like, can you be honest and truthful with them? But can you also allow the truest expression of you in their presence? Right. Because I see this so much where, you know, like, friends are, like, one way with their friend group, right? And they're, like, the most free and self-expressed, and then they find someone that they like, and then they, like, turn into, like, this contorted version of themselves where they're trying to impress the other person,
0: I'm like, where did you go? Or they're shirking in, or they're yeah. being quiet. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. like, all? yeah.
1: Yeah, like, he, like let's say someone like really loves cracking dirty jokes, but they're like, ooh, maybe that, mm. they won't like that. So then they hide that part of themselves, and then a little piece of their soul starts to die off. I mean, you can get it back, don't worry. But like, you know, it. it
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's not going forever. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) It's not going forever. It's just, yeah, it's it's like the light goes out and you can like, you can turn the light back on. But like, if you have enough of those spots where your light's going out in order to get them to choose you, we are definitely in codependent land and like codependent family systems, codependent systems in general rely on, you know, this energetic of no one's telling the truth. Like in order to have a codependent family system, you have to have a social agreement between everyone that we are just going to dance around the truth. We're never going to touch it.
0: Wow. Because if we touch it before, but I think that's absolutely right.
1: (laughs) It's going to crumble this whole thing and that's too big of a risk. So let's just not, let's, let's just not touch those things. And that's why you see so much stuff swept under the rug. That's why you see all these dysfunctional patterns of, You know, not being able to be your full self-expressed self, you know, where we see control patterns come in, where we see that muting. you know, like all of it, all of it is interwoven. Yeah. And
0: I also, I've also heard you say, which I think is in the same, right? It's the question. I love that is like, okay, can you, can there be truth on Mm -hmm. all levels? Mm -hmm. And also does this relationship enhance my life force? Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a really important one that I don't think yeah. people are even talking about or recognizing Mm-mm. Mm-mm. like am Be- I feeling more alive because yeah. of, in this relationship because 100%. I could think about that like I think about like you know how I feel with my daughters and how I feel like my, with my bestest friends and you know my closest family I'm like you know you just leave you, you're, you, you, you keep each other up it's not mm-hmm. like you're drained yeah. at the end yeah. of the day or your time together that's, mm-hmm. a, really, that's a really important one Mm -hmm.
1: And if you take that same principle into your dating and you pay attention to how you feel, like if you're really present the whole time and you're not off in fantasy, but like you're really landed Mm -hmm. in reality, how do I actually feel after spending time with this person? How do I feel when I'm spending time with this person? And how do I feel after And how do I feel in that liminal space between, like, I see them and then there's space and time where I don't see them and then I see them again. Like, what comes up in that liminal space? Because the people who are most aligned for you, it's not going to be like this torturous experience (laughs) with them. You know, whereas if you're Mm. with someone who agitates your wounds, that liminal space will be emotionally torturous. You will be spinning off in your head like wondering what's happening, where do they stand? where do I stand with them? what's going on. Da, 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 da. But when you're with someone who's like energetically and emotionally and relationally aligned, there's a level of maturity to those types of connections where we're just willing to do the thing that makes sure the connection stays healthy and vibrant. You know, we're not just going to ghost someone out of nowhere, even if we're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. We will inform them that that is the case, that we will not be available for them anymore. Or, you know, there's just this culture in the connection of assuming positive intent, and that's happening on both sides. So when you don't hear from them, you assume that there's a good reason why. And you're also just so busy living your life and your life is full that you know, it's okay. Cause they have a full life too. And that is, you know, another thing that kind of plays into the embodied dating, but also the codependency is the more you are devoted to creating a life that feels so good for you to live in, to be in, and you are connected to why you were put on this planet. Like, what is your purpose? What are you here to weave into humanity? Like, what are you here to leave humanity with the experience of through your embodied lived experience? And if you are in service, when like, there's no room for drama. That's the thing. Like if you have a full life and you're up to big things, there's no room for drama. And some of those low level antics that happen in a lot of dating experiences,
0: and, and, you know, I like Kelsey, this is, this is such an important conversation because I think that there's, I, I, there must be people that are coming to you going like, okay, I need help with my dating life. And you're like, okay, let's slow down here. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on what you just mentioned. You talked about is the importance of you and what you're, you're here to do as a human being, as a soul and incarnated with a big purpose and what is that what is your gift to the world why are you here at this this time at this this period of time in the, in the world um and not just looking for another person that you, mm-hmm. yes i understand sharing your life with somebody and how that's such a beautiful if you're in a good relationship it's very beautiful to yeah. share but really the bigger picture here is about you and your path so that you are mm-hmm. going to be aligned with the person that you're with to do your work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nailed it but, but <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of people that don't that don't even have that in their frame of mind, is that yeah. right? And that's so true that you're working I with think, even and then they're like, oh my uh, gosh, I, that's
1: like the women who come into like the relational mastery path, they are quite connected to that thread. Um, the people who yeah. might come into like a, a workshop and that's their first experience of me, they might not have that same thread active in them yet. But after coming even to a workshop, that thread's gonna be active. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, yes, you're welcome. because I think we've, I think yeah. there's so many of us, um, you know, w- whether in our dating life or maybe they're, we're, they're in relationships where they're just like, I've lost myself. Yeah. I don't know my purpose. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling completely like misaligned with who you are and what you're here to do. And you're, you lost your voice. So you don't like, and you're just like, Oh, you need to write mm-hmm. that so that you can feel fully whole. Um, and hope maybe continue on or not with that relationship. If it's not serving yeah. that bigger yeah. reason i like
1: and it and i would i would love to see like a revolution in relationships where you know these younger generations aren't getting coded as much with that codependency and so they are right. kind of dancing in that world of purpose and they see the value of it and you know you if you have access to a podcast, you have access to the internet, you have access to the world. And you know, that really does open this whole door of possibility for you where you can explore, like, what am I here to do? You know, who am I here to be? And like, let me get right with me first
0: before
1: I weave in someone else. And, you know, I think You know, it's not that we won't have, you know, missteps along the way because that's how we learn, but I don't think we're going to have as much like blowing out of the self worth as previous generations, because when you're so coded with codependency and you're receiving this message that your only value in life is to be in a relationship. And if you're not in a relationship and God forbid you're in your thirties or forties or fifties or sixties or beyond Like you have no worth as a human being, and then that's extra spicy if you've been conditioned as a woman. So (laughs) there's a lot at stake, right, when you have that conditioning, because you're like, well, if I don't get this relationship, it must mean that I'm worthless,
0: which is so not right. I'm a failure. Oh Yeah. yeah.
1: But when we take this approach of of purpose first then even if the other person doesn't choose us, we don't have that blowout to our self-esteem and our self-worth. We're like, oh, okay, that person's not for me. And that's okay because I have a whole life that's pretty fulfilling and
0: pretty rich. Yes. Yeah. And aligning your purpose with somebody that is going to, as you said, you're is going to be fully, like, just supporting that. Mm-hmm. It's you're going to be supporting each other. And if not, yeah. it's not aligned.
1: Yeah. yeah, don't choose someone who can't champion you. Like, no. Just don't. No. Just don't do it.
0: Don't. No, and they're not going to change, <laughs> so don't. Okay, so before we before we end, tell tell us about um, you know, the other thing I know you're part of and I think this is separate from your your work, right? Because you you are part it's probably all a part of your big work, but uh-huh. you are a part of you've formed a sisterhood right? You have a Mm. community of women Mm -hmm. that are your dear friends that you meet with on a regular basis. I do as well. I've got my my circle called the soul circle. And we meet every two weeks, like it's in our calendars. And we dedicate that time for each other, for holding space for supporting. It's just a beautiful way for us to reflect to each other and grow together. Mm. Um, An amazing container. And I, I wanted to talk about this because I was telling my family that came to our summit about our group because my soul Mm -hmm. circle came to the summit and, and they said to me, like, these are my sister cousins. And they were like, like Robin, like you've got all these women. Like, I'm like, yes, it's very important to have a sisterhood. Uh It's so important. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that you can have friends, but I'm like, are you really like meeting on a regular basis? And it's like for a purpose around your growth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Tell us, talk to us about that. Oh, I
1: mean, Gosh, we should do a whole other episode on sisterhood because... Yeah, I think I is, think we
0: should. I think it's... Ugh, yeah.
1: It's so important and it's a vital nutrient. As a woman, sisterhood is a vital nutrient to you thriving. It's necessary. Yes. Yes. Like, the relationships you have with men or other people, those are valuable too. And they give you different nutrients. But as a woman having those connections with other women, like they understand you in a way that no one ever, no one else ever can. And that is, you know, that's a very liberating place to be and to know that you are held and understood. And there's this richness of connection. I think it's more like for me of like a return to an origin spot for me of like back in the day when the red tent and like sisterhood and, the you know priestess temples were a thing and like i can feel those threads in my lineage and when i cultivate sisterhood in the here and now it feels like i'm returning to the temple i'm returning to the mm. red tent i'm returning to my womb i'm returning to the, the seat of my power and i'm yes. with other women who are also on that same journey and we get to unwind all of this patriarchal nonsense of women being pitted against each other, and like it, it still shows up in <sighs> our community. Like, you know, and it kind of we have to work with those spots when they come up because the sisterhood mm-hmm. is a working, living, embodied practice. You know, like right. it's not just like we put like rose crowns on and frolic in fields. Like,
0: no, it's I, hard. I think some it's of them would like it's, to, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yes. not me oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh Kelsey so okay before we this we've got a little bit of time left like literally yeah, a couple yeah. minutes but Kate, okay, oh my god when I heard you talk about this on another podcast I was like holy <laughs> shit this is such an amazing advice okay so you say before you go on a date even your first date or even just a date like with some person you're just really getting to know maybe you've never met them before mm-hmm. how important it is to masturbate yes yes yeah. <laughs> I had never heard this before. Yeah. And the way you explain it on why you do it, please. Cause it gets you into your body, gets you into, mm-hmm. like you said, it's like the connection to mm-hmm. your heart and connection to your head. It's like bringing it all in so that you yeah. can show up. Tell, tell us. Yeah. yeah I loved so, I, mean, I loved this tool. Listen, my
1: <laughs> pussy has really made some terrible life choices for me.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, there's, like so many of us. Because she is starving. <laughs>
1: She was starving, right? And so she's like, anything will do. Any dick will do. No. No, no, no.
0: No. You know,
1: and I'm glad I learned that in my 20s, and I sobered up by, like, the end of my 20s, and I had learned my lessons there. But there's also this thing when, like, you're really hungry for something, you will take anything that's on the menu. And so if you feed your body – and also release that energy, like that horny energy, so that you can think clearly. You can feel clearly. Like your womb and your yes. pussy is on. Like she's connected. But she's not the one driving the mission. because She's, she's not been, driving
0: the bus. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's been fed. You give her a nice feeding before you go out. And then she's like, I'm good. Do I really need that dick today? Probably not. Like, let's learn a few more things about him first.
0: You oh know? My gosh, and, I love that.
1: And so for me, like it just it helps to clear my energy. On just there's yeah. a nice release. There's also an opening that happens in my energy after an orgasm. So then I go in much more landed, much more present, much more embodied, much more open. But I'm also not so hungry for that sexual connection that I prematurely engage with someone before I'm actually ready to. So this allows me to really go at my true pace because I'm not reliant on him or her or them to like give me the nutrient that I'm deficient in because I'm tending to all the nutrients that I require and I'm feeding myself with them so that when I go out in the relational worlds, like I can make good choices. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. I just, I love that so much. Yeah. So you're yeah. so, so people can start working with you. Do they go to like your Instagram is radical self love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that where people access the work that you're doing? Your courses, yeah. you're talking about the workshops and yeah, coaching. anything okay. that
1: I'm offering, um, will be in my bio link on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. my path for relational mastery is always open. So we have Uh, the embodiment classes. So those are eight weeks that you can come and join. It's kind of like an intro to that path. Then reverence is a minimum nine months in the container. And, but you go as slow or as long as you need to go. And then initiated is the upper level path. So if you've done some relational work and you've done some embodiment work, you've cleaned the emotional pipes, you might actually be able to go into initiated, which is a two, a two year journey where we go into all of these threads of the foundations for relational mastery. So practices, so we take in the relational skills, the embodiment, the emotional, and the spiritual, and we really work those through for two years. And then the second part of initiated is all about embodied boundaries and connecting to true desire, which is the thing that you are here to weave into the world. So we really land it in that container of like, what is it that you're here to do? And we clean out the system so that you can powerfully go and create whatever it is that you want to create in your world. And reverence is all about the emotional clearing. So we get in right relationship with our emotions so that we can feel our grief. We can feel our rage. We can feel our happiness. We can masturbate before a date because we're in right relationship with our sexual energy and our sexual excitement. Um, and so there's that, that path is always open. And then the embodied dating path, I do workshops every couple months in there. There's a mastermind that people can join. And then this summer, I'm doing a self-love summer camp. And I'm very oh, wow. stoked about that. Very stoked. It just came through the other day. So this is like news to me too. Yes. I oh I, I just love it when we,
0: we get these downloads and you're like all right here we go Okay, here we go getting a you're doing it <laughs> yeah it's it's
1: just I was just gonna say it's really funny that like I teach all this stuff on relationships and my handle is radical self love and I haven't taught a class on self love in a very long time and so that's why that one came through it was like summertime is great like let's like weave in that self love in the summer when we're already in like a nice positive open, available vibe, and energetic. Like, let's just weave some more of that self-love. So I'm going to bring in my, my methodology there that I've used on myself for the last 15
0: years. And um, I'm going to Beautiful. teach her. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I am going to close our time with a blessing, as we mm-hmm. do with the podcast. And Beautiful. so may we come back into our bodies and live and relate from an embodied state. Mm-hmm. May we lean into relationships that support our life force. And as you say, the path of embodiment is always waiting to welcome you home. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so mm-hmm. so grateful for everything you're doing, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Get, and I love your songwriting. You're just so oh, incredibly gifted. Thank you. So thank you for your time today, sweetie. A pleasure. Please visit realloveready.com to become a member of our community. Submit your relationship questions for our podcast experts at reallovereadypodcast at gmail.com. We read everything you send. Be sure to rate and review this podcast. Your feedback helps us get you the relationship advice and guidance you need. The Real Love Ready Podcast is recorded and edited by Maya Anstey. Transcriptions by otter.ai and edited by Maya Anstey. We at Real Love Ready acknowledge and express gratitude for the Coast Salish people, the stewards of the land on which we work and play, and encourage everyone listening to take a moment to acknowledge and express gratitude for those that have stewarded and continue to steward the land that you live on as well.